TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It is here on the 1st of November, Scoop Podcast episode 182. We begin with Wolves owner Glenn Taylor. Glenn, actually, let's start with the news of the day before we get to last night, how much fun last night was. What do you think of the Prince uniforms? I think they're pretty cool. Well, I'm. <laughs> it's not my specialty, but I think they're pretty nice. The players really love them. That's what they told me. I mean, how involved are you when it comes to jerseys and that relationship with Paisley Park, the Prince Estate? No, I would say that I have a staff that's very good at that. I rely on them. I take their word for it, what's going to be the best. I stay back. It's just like working with my wife. She tells me what to wear, and I wear it, and I don't get involved. (laughs) When do you then become involved? I mean, I guess just big picture organization-wise, when do you decide, okay, I need to be involved, and other times, hey, I hired a great staff, I need to be hands-off? Well, I think uh, overall uh, major financial decisions, you know, must be made by ownership. Uh, Things that you would think would have to do with culture, you want to be involved, uh, so that means, you know, the major hires uh, that would be involved. Any major change in direction, you want to be involved. And uh, sometimes you just want to be involved not so much as the decision maker, but as the person who uh, asks the questions to help the other people in, in, the final de- in the final decision that will be made by them. All right, on last night, Glenn, I mean, considering that you had to miss Halloween, miss Halloween with the grandkids, handing out candy, all that good stuff, I suppose all things considered for having to miss Halloween at the Mankato residence, last night was pretty darn good. It really was. I mean, that was uh, an exceptional experience that most basketball fans would acknowledge. You're not going to see an individual effort uh, like you saw last night very often. I mean, it only happens several times a year. In the whole league. I mean, did you sense early on? I mean, a lot of his points came there in the second half. Did you sense early on that he had a chance to have a special night? Well, he, uh, I talked to him before the game, and he kind of kidded me after the game. <laughs> he says, You're go- I'm, I'm going to give a major effort tonight because I'm the starting guard. You know, so, I mean, uh, there was a little bit of, uh, I think a thought process in himself that he was going to uh, um, have a major effort. You know, it wouldn't have to be scoring necessarily. It could have been assists or steals or some other things. It just turned out to be an overall effort in everything. And then, you know, I mean, he, he didn't change so much from what he's been doing. He's been really working really hard to get in deep in penetration but, you know, some of his previous games, uh, shots that were up there but rolled out uh, last night, just about everything rolled in. I mean, Glenn, we talk all the time about guys having bloated contracts, guys being overpaid. I mean, you're paying Derrick Rose the veteran minimum. I mean, you think about steals. I mean, that has to be just about the most team-friendly contract in the game. Well, I spent some time last year with him and, and told him, you know, that we wanted him on the team, the coach really helped entice him to come and said that 
the reason he's coming is that we wanted to have him here this uh, coming year. And, uh, you know, he told me he really liked it here. He enjoyed it here. And I'm sure that's part of his success is that he's really enjoying himself, um, you know, more like he had in his early years at Chicago. So, uh, you know, as far as financially, it's, it's a great return on investment on our part. But, uh, you know, I don't think he's uh, at this part in his career that he worries about that. I think he just has enough pride in himself and his productivity that, uh, you know, he's, you know, maybe you'd say he's playing for the fans, but, you know, in part he's playing for himself and his teammates too. Did you have to be convinced at all, Glenn, going back to last March when Tibbs came to you and said, hey, you know, Utah waved Derek, I want to bring him in. Did you have to be convinced to bring Derek on board? No, I didn't think it was a major decision at that time. I, I think, uh, we knew we were bringing him to uh, have a kind of a rehearsal and see, you know, what he had left. And um, I think everybody saw that, uh, even though he was injured for a little part of that, that he was uh, faster than you might uh, think for a guy his age. He's very quick. And uh, then he still has that competitive spirit um, experience that he wants to share with everybody. And, and, uh, you know, Tips knew him as a personality. I didn't. And, uh, and I just uh, went with that. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, he can continue without getting injured. I think that's the major concern he has and we have. I mean, what's it like? I mean, do you have a sense of what he goes through on a day-in and day-out basis just to get physically ready to play? Well, I know uh, he's just very dedicated. I don't know that he would say it's anything – Special. I think he's like all great players. They just think it's part of the, the job that they have to do to be ready for the next game. And, you know, I, I saw it in KG, and, and I saw it in, you know, a number of other uh, great players that we've had. You know, uh, this is a guy that's been the most valuable player at Chicago and stuff like this here. And it didn't, you know, it didn't come easily. I mean, he works hard at it, and uh, I have a great appreciation for it. Did you have a chance to see the video? I think it was on Jeff Teague's Instagram when when Derek came into the locker room and his teammates just swarmed him. I mean, you know this. I mean, there's there's sort of a circus atmosphere with your team right now. But in that moment, you know, post game, then in the locker room, it seemed like all your players were on the same page. They were so happy for Derek Rose. Yeah, I know my wife Becky pulled that up and made sure I saw it. And uh, what I saw is just the other guys feeling really good for him. I mean, I just showed their respect and their admiration uh, for him and the effort that he uh, gave, uh, you know, for all the minutes that he played, and he played a lot of them. How do you evaluate the total body of work, Glenn, through these first, whatever it is, seven, eight games? Well, uh, it's hard to put an evaluation on uh, We've done some really good things, and we've done some very poor things. So I think, you know, we are still out there uh, with the need to find our identity, and and probably, you know, the Jimmy Butler thing is is uh, part of that. Uh, you know, nobody's sure exactly how things are going to end up, including myself. And uh, therefore, I think uh, we're just going to have to be a little patient here. And uh, so we get on a roadmap, and we know exactly who's on the team and how they'll uh, work together. So it's, uh, you know, I feel a little... Uh, 
that for the players that uh, uh, we had gone all summer with what we thought we had a team and who was going to be on it and how we would play it, high expectations. And, you know, the Jimmy's announcement caught us all off guard. Last night when he doesn't play general soreness, do you just throw your arms up and say, what the heck? Like, he was so good on Monday. Like, you don't beat the Lakers on Monday without Jimmy. They don't practice on Tuesday. So how the heck was he sore and not able to play last night? Uh, I think it's that's a better question for Jimmy than for me. Yeah, I mean, I just, at some point, Glenn, do you just have to pull the trigger on one of these offers and just move on? Well, I have a responsibility to the teammates and to our fans that, uh, um, you know, we're not going to get the perfect deal. I know that, but uh, I've got to be out there trying to get the very best deal that I can. And, you know, part of that, I guess, is patience on myself. What is sort of happening is that that this, the timetable for this is just a very poor one. The other teams, and, and including ourselves, were just putting their teams together. So, you know, they were ready to go with that. And then uh, most of them don't want to be disruptive this early into the season until they've sort of established their own uh, track record. And, you know, some of that's starting to pull out now. We've had some teams that have lost some games that, that they didn't expect. Uh, it's still pretty early, but I think, you know, those are probably going to be the teams that will have the best opportunity to make a trade because uh, they won't be satisfied, uh, you know, with their record and where they're going. So uh, it's a tough one, but uh, I have to be patient, and I hope our fans will be patient with me. Does Tibbs want to trade Jimmy? Like, do you need to get Tibbs on board to actually come around to trade Jimmy? Well, I asked him that question. I mean, you know, I would say this. Uh, those two have had a close relationship. The coach and Jimmy have both done very well working together. I just think it's uh, when he uh, told the coach that he wanted to leave, I think it caught the coach off, you know, by surprise. He wasn't ready for it. So, of course, I think, you know, his plans was that Jimmy would be here I think he would want him here, but, uh, you know, there's just times that if he, even if he wants it, if Jimmy isn't going to um, want to be here, I don't see how we're going to be uh, the team that we need to be. Take us through the process, Glenn. I mean, are you still to the point of you just, you're deferring where Scott is taking all the trade calls and then Tibbs is obviously involved as the president of operations. Then when they get offers, they just call you and say, hey, here's what we're thinking about. Here's what this team offered. Here's what we can do. Here's what we won't do. I think something like that. I mean, I, I when I talked to them, I, I thought the coach, uh, once the season started, you know, needed to concentrate on the, the team. Um, and even more so because of the Jimmy thing, I just thought that he needed to give the players his attention and as much as he could and, and look at the alternatives when a player, you know, doesn't play. And like when Jimmy didn't play, I mean, he's got to make some adjustments and be really in tune with that. So, you know, he didn't have any problem with that. I mean, I think he knew that too. And, and, uh, there's no reason that Scott, uh, can't be doing the, um, the conversations with the other team. I mean, he's a veteran guy. He knows all the GMs in the league. He's the GM here, and and that uh, he can look at all the different opportunities. Scott has a wonderful staff 
that can help him on the financial things. And then, you know, my responsibility is uh, once they um, um, see different things, uh, they bring them all to my attention, even if we're not going to do it, but just so we know what's out there. And, you know, that's when I uh, need to get involved. And, and at some point, we'll pull the trigger. And, you know, that's part of my responsibility. But we'll all be on the same page. I mean, when you say eventually pull the trigger, I mean, is it a foregone conclusion that by the deadline, even if it's, you know, the first week of February, maybe it's still months from now, but, but that you guys will ultimately execute a Jimmy Butler trade? I don't want to ever say, you know, that, um, that you do it because there's a deadline or anything like that, but I think it's a fair question that you asked me, and my opinion is now is that that uh, opportunity will present itself and, and uh, it, you know, it will happen. But, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But, uh, but my guess today is that that will happen. But as of now, as we sit here on the afternoon of November 1st, no trade is even remotely close? Well, we've talked to teams. I, I don't uh, think that any team has uh, probably given us their best offer yet. I, I think uh, teams are... Uh, started out with the idea that Jimmy said he wanted to be traded and and uh, maybe they make an offer where they think they can get a good deal, but it isn't necessarily a good deal for us. Um, you know, and I understand that, I think. Uh, but that's the part where we need to be patient and, um, and uh, work with the other team. I mean, ideally, you want a thing where both teams feel that they got uh, good value. Uh, that can happen. That's a hard one to, to get at, but it can happen, and I've seen it happen many times in my business when I worked with other um, uh, difficult situations. Uh, that's what I'm striving for. I want something so the other team feels that they have done good and that in turn uh, that our fans and us can feel that uh, we got ample uh, return. I mean, you should get decent return, right, Glenn? I'll let you go in a little bit here. But, I mean, there's more than one team. I mean, can you put a number on the amount of teams that have interest? Are we talking three? Is it just two? Is it four? Is it five? But it's more than one. So you should be able to get something back that has some value, even if it won't be equal value. Oh, I'm sure. I'm confident of that because I don't. that's the alternative. You say, well, if that never happened, I guess we'll never get a deal, and Jimmy will play out his contract with us and become a free agent at the end of the year. And then, you know, what's our alternatives? We'll have a bunch of money, uh, you know, his salary, to go out and get a free agent ourselves. I mean, it isn't like uh, we don't have alternatives. We do. Well, I mean, you could play this thing out too, Glenn, and say, you know what, Jimmy, here's five years, $190 million. Do you really want to turn down that much money to go sign elsewhere for four years? I mean, I mean that's an alternative, and we know how we could do that. Uh, but uh, that's a little different from what he said is that he doesn't want to play here. Um, you know, I mean, he, he would have to get beyond that. I'll let you go after two more, Glenn, but do you really understand why he wants to leave here? Like, on the surface, he should be able to coexist with Cat, with Wiggins. Like, it seems like on the court it should be a really good fit, that he could win here. Win here at a high level over the next few years. Why Why exactly does he want to get the heck out of here? Well, 
you know, I would go with what you said previously. When we brought him here, uh, I thought there was a good thought process in bringing him here, that here was an experienced uh, player who um, gave his utmost to win, and he would be a good example for our other uh, players, our younger players, and I thought that he would fit the mold good. He knew the coach. He knew the system. Uh, but in answer to your second part of your question is why he wants to leave, I don't think I could give you the, the for sure answer. I think you would have to ask Jimmy as to why did he come to that conclusion after only being here um, a year. And then he didn't, you know, because of his injury, he didn't have the ability to play the whole year. Okay, I'll let you go after two more. How many teams, just a general number, not specific teams, but are we talking like four teams have serious interest in Jimmy? Is it five? Is it six? Is it seven? Did I hear that two more twice? Well, just in general, Glenn, how many teams, you know, you don't need to name, you don't need to say Houston, Miami, Philadelphia, whatever, just a number. How many teams number-wise have interest? No, I think uh, that half the teams in the league have made an indication and just kind of ask us what we're looking for and what we need. So, I mean, it, it isn't that one team or two teams. Uh, I would just tell you that I think uh, the appropriate would be about half the teams in the league have made some inquiry as to what type of needs we have and, uh, you know, do we see anybody on the team that would fulfill that? And, uh, you know, I think we've given a response to them. And then on Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones, is there a chance that those guys are back tomorrow night for the game at Golden State? I don't know absolutely for sure, but I did talk to the two players, and I did talk to uh, the docs, you know, from my own information. And I know that uh, that uh, the coach is bringing up uh, one of our Terrell from our D League, you know, to prepare us just in case they can. But uh, my assessment and just talking to them that. Uh, Jones is uh, a lot closer, and he may be ready, but he probably won't know it until he practices uh, pregame. And then Butler is supposed to play against the Warriors. He said he was going to, so I, you know, anticipate that he would. All right. Well, let's hope he does because it's still a a more fun product to watch when he's on the court, regardless of the circus, Glenn. He's still enjoyable to watch the way he plays how hard he plays. The way he played on Monday was phenomenal. No, I agree with you. And, of course, I, you know, I share that with Jimmy. I said I think we all appreciate his uh, abilities and his leadership. And, uh, you know, I wish it was different. But, uh, um, but I hope, you know, again, that he has a, a great game tonight. I mean, he can make a, he can make a difference. If he's on, uh, he's a tremendous player. Glenn, always appreciate the time, and let's certainly do this again whenever you execute that trade, whether it's before Thanksgiving or if it's on February 5th. Let's do this again when, when you execute a trade. All right. Wolves owner Glenn Taylor, also Link's owner Glenn Taylor, nice enough to join the Scoop podcast. I think we'll just make it the interview. I had a bunch of notes on Halloween episode 181 that would have been posted Halloween night. That had a bunch of notes on the Vikings, the Gophers, the Twins, the Wolves, and so on. So let's just keep this episode to the Glenn Taylor interview. Always appreciate you listening to the Scoop Podcast. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. 
developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.